Hey there, it's so great to have you here with us today. One Chapel is a family of neighborhood churches in Kyle, and we help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. You can learn more about the things God is doing in this community and how to get involved at onechapel.com. I hope you enjoy this week's message from our Who Am I series. Talk about not measuring up. Uh, a lot of times that, that's in conjunction with something else. And I, and I believe that's, that's in conjunction with what I'm going to well, talk about this morning is uh, what, who am I when I'm compared to others? And that one's tough. That one's tough. I know growing up um, in, in our church, uh, I, w- I was the kind of kid that nobody wanted to be compared to because I was just I was kind of bad. So uh, but there was there was one there was one there was one kid. Don't be telling stories, mama. There was one kid that, you know, you know, can I just my, my, I don't know if anybody's ever met my mother and father. Can you stand up, mom and dad? I just want to honor my parents this morning. I love them so much. I love them so much. Love, love them so much. Uh, they, they, they helped mold and shape the, the, the young man. The man that I, I, young man, I'm already over 40. I can't say I'm young no more. I act like I'm young, but I'm not, but I'm not young. Come on now. So, uh, but, but there, was, there was this young man at, at, at the church that we went to, and his name was Vinny Carrion. And uh, Vinny, man, Vinny could do some great things. He was, and he was, he, was, he was a cool kid. He was a great kid, great friend of mine. Um, uh, if you've ever heard the story of, when, of the miracle that God did in my life, he was the young man that stood in my place when the church prayed over him for my face when I had it burnt. And so he was a really close friend of mine. But Vinny, I think Vinny was like in a Bible competition or something. And so uh, he, I think he could like re- recite the whole book of Mark or something like that. And my mom was like, always like, oh, man, wow, Vinny is so good. He can recite Mark. I'm like, mom, come on, mom. I mean, look at me. I can shoot this ball like this. Come on now. What's so good about Vinny? Right? But, but I, I believe that she was doing it uh, in an effort to kind of spur me on to, 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 to uh, follow Christ and, to, and to, to walk closer to Christ. But, you know, comparison happens uh, at, a, at a very, very young age. And, and when, I, when I, I said what we were going to study this morning, I said what we were going to talk about this morning, uh, who am I when I'm compared to others? Maybe for some of you, as, as I kind of walked this, as, as it did for, excuse me, as it did for me, it, it, it triggered a, a, a playlist. Um, it, it triggered uh, some memories and some thoughts of comparison that maybe weren't so antiquated as mine with Vinny, uh, but that maybe were hurtful and, and, and maybe has, has established a pattern in your life that, that has kind of maybe veered you off of what Christ has called you to be. And, and uh, I, I believe, I believe that this is a great place to start, believe it or not. Because I, I, I believe that, that it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. Because in, in that, with, that, with that thought, with that memory, with that playlist, with, with those reminders, we're reminded of the need for God. We're reminded of, of how much we need to, to hold on to the hand of Christ and to focus on God. We, we can let that be the indicator that without him, this is what happens. Without him, this is where we end up. That we're destined to a life of constant comparison and constantly coming up short. I believe this, this is something that, that we don't have to be taught. I think just simply living in this life, even as in, our, in a young age or as young men and young women, that we, we go to being compared and we go to, to comparing ourselves with our peers, with the people around us. 
And, and just living in this world, we're constantly, no matter where you are, driving in your car, listening to your radio, watching television at, at any, any kind of restaurant or sporting there's, there we're constantly bombarded with this idea of comparison, of comparing things, of, of being compared to. And, and it's, it's, it's a constant comparison. We're constantly compared by, of, of, about, of constantly compared and constantly trying to get pushed on of bigger and better and, and, and newer and the technology and, and ev- with everything. We're constantly compared by of what we have or what we don't have, constantly compared about on what we wear or, or, what we, or what we're not wearing or how we drive or where we drive or where we live. All, all those comparisons are always floating around us, always, always around us, always trying to press into us, always trying to, to get us to choose one thing or, or the other. Everything around us is in competition for our approval, and it's constantly in comparison with something. I mean, you can, you can like, even when you go on, to the, on the Internet, you know, you go on to go to a search site or you go on to buy something, there's a little, there's, they, if you click on something, all of a sudden you get a bunch of ads or, or it gives you like a little, a little cachet or a little cash on the bottom where you can compare all these items to one another. So there's, there's, there's just constant idea. There's constant uh, just uh, uh, emphasis on getting value of, oh, this is better or this is better or this, you need to have this because this is better. It's all around us, even with the, the, the things that we have in our pockets or in our purses, Apple versus Samsung, right? There's always this comparison of what's better or what, what we need to do to have this. Is you, <laughs> that if you have the Apple, you're really on top of technology. Or if you have a Samsung, you're, you're really on top of technology because you can charge somebody else's phone. Which Why wouldn't you just plug it in when you're at home? You know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I mean? When you're in your car, plug it in. They have little car chargers. You know what I mean? Which I, I, I'm sorry, I find it hard that, that two people, strangers, are going to be like, hey, you want to charge? Come on. I mean, come on. Really? Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. Right? We have, and, and there's constant, there's, there's that constant tension, right? Star Trek, the people that love Star Trek, people love Star Wars. There's constant comparison, right? We just came through, we just went through, I'm a big sports fan, so we just came through the, the NFL draft. And, and I personally, I love the stories of, uh, I love to see these, these big old dudes. I mean, these masculine, big old, these guys in top physical form. And they're sitting, everybody's waiting. They got their family around them. And, I mean, they, they straight face and they ready. And they get that phone call. Baby. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. I, I love it. I enjoy it. It's like, man, it's, you, know, you know, I love about it because it's so innocent. It brings back that little young boy that was on the field playing whatever sport he was playing. It brings that little young man back to life. It brings the, the, the true love of the game back. So I, I love that. But th- there's all this comparison. We went through the draft, and oh, my gosh, I, I don't know why we do it, but us men and some of the, some of the ladies, we just, they just watch uh, this guy being compared to this guy and the stats and the numbers and all these things. Man, some of you guys get into it deep. Get into it deep, man. But, but it, it, we are constantly bombarded with comparison. And, and, and they're, they're, the world spends millions, millions of dollars to prove who's better. There are constant comparisons. And have you caught that yet? That, that phrase, constant comparison? The idea of comparison wants to saturate you. It wants to, it wants to, it wants to uh, just give you like a natural filter, something that you don't even think about anymore. 
that, that you, you, you're constantly filtering, you're constantly comparing, you're constantly striving to, 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 to find the best thing because, because it, it's, it's tied into giving you your identity. It's tied into to giving you uh, the, 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 the hand up or, 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 or creating an impression. If, if I walk in with this or I walk in with that, I walk in with this, I, uh, it, it, it makes, it, it's going to give me the hand up. It wants, it, wants to, it wants to saturate everything that we think about, everything even in our heart. It wants to saturate our thoughts. And, and ultimately, if we, allow, if we allow that comparison to, to create in us, the world's comparison to create in us in our identity, it chokes out the hope that Christ has placed in us. And ultimately, that, that can drive us and push us to start to, to the, the relationships around us start to disintegrate because it's all about my identity. It's all about me. It's all, it's all about me being on top, me being the best, because that's what that's I have to. I'm comparing myself to the people around me, and ultimately it destroys everything in our lives. Boy, we, we don't we won't dare even talk about social media. You, you don't have to be on social media long to understand that you got to go more, you got to go harder, you got to get bigger, you got you got to have more. I tell you what, there's, there's that, that constant bombardment. If you ever want to feel discouraged, just go on social media and look at all the great things everybody's posting. Just a little, but what we miss is that's just a snapshot of their life. Amen? God forbid we, we, don't, we don't reply to especially the ones from Jesus. Y'all seen them? Boy, God forbid you don't like, tweet, uh, share something, then you don't love Jesus. You ain't even a Christian no more if you can't even do that. Come on. Or, 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 the one, or the one, like if you like this, uh, you, you're going to be, if you, if you don't share this, then you have five years of devastation. Good Lord. Jesus. Like that? Man. But, you know, we can, we, on the flip side of that, it's like if you do like it, share this, you're going to stumble across $250,000 or something like that. I still ain't found mine, but, you know, just kidding. Just kidding. I tell you what, man. But you know, maybe you have a comparison story that that started, you know, like 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 the 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 scene from so many movies of, um, you know, being the last kid picked. Um, not not that I'm six foot something, but I wasn't. I was nowhere near my height when I was in junior high, and and I, I can. There's there's a story that's tied onto that with uh, when the Lord brought my beautiful wife over from Georgetown to Dell Valley. I appreciate that, Lord. Thank you so much. That's been good. That's been really, really good. But, but I, was, I was short in stature, and so I understood, I understood the, the comparison. I understood the, the concept of wanting to be more or wanting to be better or wanting to be bigger, wanting to be stronger, more popular, wanting to be more athletically inclined, wanting to be smarter. I, I understand the, those, those concepts because they, they started to infiltrate my mind and my heart. And, and something started to happen to me. I, I, was, I was always really happy and really joyful, but something started to happen to me as I, as I got into my older years and got into high school. I, I kind of started to change. I started to be a little bit more, little bit more brash, a little more ruthless, a little bit more short, a little bit more straightforward with people, a little bit more rough and rude. And, and, and it, it, really, it really wasn't what God was calling me to. And listen, I've always understood that God had a calling over my life. I just never knew what, it was gonna, what he was going to do. And, and I think that's true. I believe that that's true for every single person sitting in, in here in this auditorium right now, that God has a calling over each and every one of our lives. And that, and that comparison, that idea of comparison that, that, that ties into not measuring up, 
that idea began to change and began to, to just dictate my attitude. It began to dictate who I was and how I felt and how I treated people. And I, and I, I had to, I, it, it wasn't until I, I stepped back and I said, God, this, this is not who you've created me to be. This is not the man, this is not who I was when I was younger. This is not who you've called me to. And it took me to surrender that and God to begin to, to bring back to mind, bring himself. I, I began to focus again on him and he began to tell me who I was. He began to restore the identity that he has, that has placed in me from my mother's womb. And I believe that he wants to do that with each and every one of us. Comparison is one of those things that can shape you in a negative way. And how you view different things, even your family, your siblings, cousins, aunts, friends, co-workers, even the people here in church, the body of Christ, or neighbors that are just trying to help. You know, and as much as, much as we've talked about it being around us and being before us and being in front of us and constantly flashing in front of us, we have to, we have to understand that what, it, what comparison wants to do, what that constant comparison wants to do, that it wants to embed itself in your heart. And, and it wants to take root, and that is where the problem lies. Comparison wants to work itself from your thoughts to your heart and take root. But if, if, if you get, if we can get and understand what God is wanting to do with this comparison problem, then the opposite is true. Did you get that? If we can, if we can just grab a hold of what God is calling us to, then, then the opposites, the opposites are true. Your identity can be shaped the way God intended it to be. Your identity can be shaped the way God wants it to be. Your identity can begin to be molded by Christ. Saul, as we look, as we look into uh, one, of the, one of the Bible characters, Saul was the first king of the, uh, of the nation of Israel. And by the Bible account, he would be one of the guys that you pick first on any team you ever wanted to have. He was big, he was strong, he was handsome, had a nice bit, had all that gold oil in it, and it was shiny, and it was sharp, and it looked good, it smelled good, you know. But something happened to Saul. He, he was battle-tested, but something happened to Saul because the Bible says he was anointed king in, chap, in chapter 10, and a few chapters later in chapter 15, he was rejected. There's something happened between 10 and 15. Let's take a look at it. First 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 6, 6 through 11, the Bible says when the victorious Israelite army was re returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all the town of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. He said they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. And he began to rave in the house like a madman. 
David was playing the harp as he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. Saul became consumed with with comparison. Instead of recognizing, and sometimes when we get consumed with with comparison, we we fail to recognize the people that are around us that are there to help us, to to ease us, to calm us, to support us. And frankly, frankly for him, he couldn't appreciate the gifts of God in somebody else. He couldn't appreciate the anointing of somebody else. His cons- his, he was consumed. His consumption with comparison became his lens through which he saw David. And if, you, if we continue reading in the scriptures, it even consumed his image or his, the way he saw his son. Comparing ourselves to others sets us up for failure. When we begin to look in a horizontal direction for comparison and identity, problems start to happen. Things start to fall apart. Our, our vision of God becomes blurred, blurred, excuse me. And, and, and we, 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 we start to look, we start to focus on the things around us instead of the things that, the, instead of the God who is calling us. Our gifts are not the same. Our abilities are not the same. We were never created to be the same. So when we look at each other, we all of a sudden we start to look at the talents and in, in, in all the people around us. And, and we start to wish that, that, would, that we could do that. But the, the reality of it is God never called us to do that. God never called us to be that. God didn't place that in us to be. God has placed something in each and every one of us so special and so unique. that we, that we have. But we have to search it out. We have to search out what God has called and God has placed in each and every one of us. There's not one of us here in this place that God hasn't prepared something special for. The Bible talks about the body of Christ and, and the eye wanting to become a foot and the ear be, wanting to become a mouth and the mouth wanting to become an arm or a finger. or, or it, it, it just doesn't work that way. And I believe, I believe until we fully seek God's face and we allow him to pour into us and allow him to speak into us, our identity, will, will, you'll, never find, you'll never find that happiness. You'll never find that peace. You'll never be used. You'll never reach your full potential because God created you for a purpose. God created you for a reason. And I myself, man, I, I'm excited. That excites me. That, that, that's encouraging to me. That's exciting to know that, God, you created me for something. You created me for a purpose. You created me for something specific that's just for me. I, I want that. I, I don't want what God created for you. I want what God created for me because it's mine. Comparison removes uh, the focus from God and places it on man. Saul was king. And he had David. David was enlarging his kingdom. David was killing tens of thousands of people and enlarging Saul's kingdom. But he couldn't see that. Saul stopped looking at God for his strength and guidance. He stopped looking for, at God for his, for his identity. He lost who God would assure he was through his love. He lost that through Christ's compassion and fellowship and started believing who his weaknesses said he was. You see that? When, when, we, when our focus is removed from Christ, who is our strength and will, uh, will ultimately bring out the greatest in us, we, we, when we look at ourselves, we start to focus on the things where we fall short. 
we start to focus on what we don't have or what we can't do as good as the other. And, and those weaknesses begin to change us. Those weaknesses begin to manipulate us. Those weaknesses begin to cause confusion of who we are. And it, and it, and it causes us to, to take on an identity that Christ never called us to take on. So Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out for own, only for what your own, your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Comparison will always be concerned with who's getting the credit. We saw in 1 Samuel uh, 7 and 8 where, uh, where, where Saul was consumed with the song that the ladies were singing. That they only credited him with a thousand and were crediting David with tens of thousands. Who's getting the credit or really who's taking his credit is what he began to be consumed with. Why are they praising him more than me? They're taking what belongs to me. And because comparison shifts your focus from God to me, it stops you from seeing who God has placed around you to build you up, to walk this journey with you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to pour into you, to make you better. You fail to see the people around you that are fighting for you. The people that are going to help you to overthrow. The people that are going to, that are going to help you to, to expand God's territory, Christ's territory. To, 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 to bring his kingdom down to this world. And ultimately, you begin to miss what God has placed before you. You begin to miss what God has prepared for you. Beyond where you are now. Beyond where you've been stuck. If, if you begin to compare yourselves to other, that creates a stagnancy in your walk with Christ. That locks you down to where you are because you're no longer looking to Christ for, for, to, to walk into to what he's called you to. But you, you're staying where you are. And, and the reality of it is sometimes God says, I've only called you here for a season. I've only called you here for a moment. This was never supposed to be yours permanently. You were supposed to establish it, build it up, and then hand it off to the one I gave to you, the one I put next to you, so that I can take you to the next thing, so that I can, so I can use you in a greater fashion, so I can use you in a different, in different area, in a different country around the world. Who knows? There is no impossibilities with God. It was only temporary, and you're trying to make it permanent. 1 Samuel 18, comparison causes you to question what God has given you. We can never forget that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. It is not us to write this story. It is us to follow his call. It is not us to write the story. It is, it is on us to follow what Christ is calling us to. To follow, to follow what, what the direction that Christ is, is, is giving us light to. 
to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, to step out in boldness when he calls us to, to be his vessel, not our own. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, 6 through 8. All I'm doing right now, friends, is showing how these things pertain to Apollos and me. So that you will learn restraint and not rush into making judgments without knowing all the facts. It is important to look at things from God's point of view. I'd rather not see you inflating or deflating reputations based on mere hearsay. For who do you know that really knows you, knows your heart? And even if they did, is there anything they would discover in you that you can take credit for? Isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle without bringing either Apollos or me into it. You're sitting on top of the world, at least God's world, and you're right there, and we're right there sitting alongside you. I love how he ends that. You're sitting on top of the world, and we're right there. God's world, we're right there. We're sitting alongside you. We're here to, we're here to uplift you. We're here to strengthen you. We're here to press on together. We're here to do what God has called us to do together. Don't get, don't get confused. Don't get sidetracked with the things, with, with the, 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 the things that are going on around you, the things that, that have no value, the things that are there to only distract and cause you to stumble and fall and slow down on this pace that God has placed before you, on this race that God has called you to. Don't worry about those things. Don't focus on those things. I love that last line. There's something that, that we say here at One Chapel. We say that we help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. I love that. I love that. And this is what, what Paul is talking about, him and Apollos. Is that God has placed us here together to build one another up. God has placed us here together to spur one another on, not to compete in competition or comparison. We should enjoy and, and just champion each other. Rejoice with one another as, as we gain, as we walk from victory to victory. And, and when one of us stumbles, when one of us falls, when one of us falters, and even when one of us fails, we're there to lift each other up, to carry each other's burdens, not to point out faults and failures. That's what God has called us to do. That's the church that we, that's the kind of church that we are. I cherish my, our church because we are a church that spurs one another on. We are a church that encourages one another because we live, we don't just say it, but we live it. We live this. But I love, I love the, the, the truth of the word of God. I, and I love how sensitive and, and how the Holy Spirit comes and he molds us and he shapes us and he pulls on things and he points at things and he highlights things. And he's so sensitive when he does it. He's so loving when he does it. And when we, when we, when we just surrender to that, 
and begin to give God those things and begin to release those things to the Holy Spirit and its power, then something marvelous begins to happen. Look at Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love that. I love that every, every time we gather and we come into this place, that, that the Holy Spirit kind of points something out. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit did some things to me with this, this message. And, and it was good. And, and, I, and I appreciate it. And I love him for it. But listen, we don't have to be here. We don't, this doesn't have to consume us. This doesn't have to be our identity. We can choose the identity that God has called you to. And we're not real big on on steps here. Like one, if you just do these three things, you're going to be good. If you do, hey, these four steps is going to get you to where you need to be. We're not really big on that. But with that said, here's the three things that we want to give you. (laughs) The three stops that will help you cancel comparison. These are just three things. Not not a, a finite number, but just three things. And these are definitely these are definitely something to speak. You know, I'm all about speaking life, not death. I'm all about speaking the truth, not, not necessarily positive thinking. I, I, I'm not down with that. I'm just down with speaking the truth of the word of God. And we have learned, we have learned that there is power in our tongue, right? A couple, a couple series ago, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and the, the power that we have in our mouths, the power to build and up tear and tear down, the power to bless and the power to curse. So, but this is something that you have to actively, intentionally impose. You have to speak this over your life. First, you got to stop finding identity in the things that are measured. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Is God against measuring? No. Listen, measurements, evaluations, ass- uh, 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 assessments, those are all good. When the measurement against what, when you measure what against is perfect. You hear that? When you measure against what the word of God is saying and you do it in the spirit of God. You can't measure yourself to something that's imperfect. You can't, you can't do that. Listen, you, one, one, you, there could be somebody that, that is amazing and does great things. But you know what you never see and you will never see is the motive in which they do it. The Bible says that, that the Lord sees the thoughts, that hears, hears our thoughts and sees the motives of the heart. That's why he is the only one that is just and righteous to judge what we do. And so when we judge ourselves horizontally, we don't see what the motive. All we see is the good thing on the outside. But when we judge ourselves according to what God has called us to, we will always be true. We will always be right. We will always be good because he is perfect. Because And we do it by the Spirit because then we see, we are encouraged. We see how far we've come, not how, how short we fall. You can be encouraged by your process, not condemned because of how short you fell to it. You guys go ahead and come on up. 
I'm going to wrap this up here just with a couple more. Second, stop allowing fear to make you territorial. Galatians 6, 2 through 4, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help somebody or someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I don't know if you read it like that, but that's the way I read it. You are not that important. Boy, please. I'm not. It's, it's not me. It's Christ in me. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. We're really not that important. It's, it's about Christ and Christ crucified. It's about who we live for and living for his glory and is his honor. It's not about our comfort. You know, the Bible never says that, we, that we're going to be comforted. And we, and I mean, that it's going to be comfortable. Excuse me. It, the Bible does say we're going to be comforted. But the Bible doesn't, doesn't promise us just everything is going to be fine. No, the Bible says take heart because I've overcome the world. We're going to walk through trials. We're going to walk through tribulations. But those things don't dictate your identity. Christ does. And the reality of it is, church, do we really want to walk with those burdens over us all the time? Do, do, do we have the capacity to maintain that burden of life, that burden of comparison? And if, we, and if we're looking at a horizontal comparison, do, can, can we constantly maintain coming up short because there's always somebody bigger, better, stronger, faster? But when we look to Christ for, to call who we are, he says, I made you and I delight in you. I delight in what I've called you to. I delight in your passion. I delight in, in all that you are. I delight in you. Will you follow me? The third thing is we have to stop devaluing others. And celebrate them. So easy to tear down. I work in construction and demolition is one of the easiest things that anybody can ever do. Doesn't take a lot of talent. Doesn't take a lot of skill. And it's easy sometimes to do that. It's easy to tear down. I mentioned the, the series of the Holy Spirit and we, we, we saw that. This tongue that we have can sometimes bite like a viper. What we have to be careful of is that we don't get to a point where we begin to enjoy those things. But building people up as something that we really have to be intentional about. It takes effort. It takes assurance to be able to do that. It takes humility. When the person that's, that you're building up, you see the potential in them to go further and do more and do greater and go beyond what you ever thought you could ever do. It takes humility to champion that, to encourage that, to celebrate that. And it takes constant connection to Christ. The best way we can change our world is by loving each other more than we love ourselves. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this, your sensitivity and your gentleness. And we surrender to you fully with everything that we are, with every part of our being. I 
pray right now that you would have your way in us. Pray right now that you would reveal the comparisons that have brought hurt. I, I pray that you would reveal the comparisons that have, that have divided those that have established bondage, those that have produced unforgiveness, those that have separated us from you, to reveal the comparisons that have hindered spiritual maturity or have stunted the plan in our lives. I pray that you would reveal comparisons that have come between you and what you have wanted in any way and, and have or are producing something that is not of you, God. You know, this morning you may be here. You may be wondering, man, I've, I've, I've never met this Jesus. I've never known this man that you're talking about that comes and takes these sins away. I've never, I've never had that focus on him this morning. I just want to, if you feel that, that, that the Holy Spirit is pulling on you, you feel that, that tug in your heart. You want to give your life to him this morning. I just want to walk you through that. I'd be honored. If you just whisper a voice. I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to call you out. But if that's you, I just want to lead you in a prayer. Something like this. Lord Jesus, I give you all that I am. I give you all my hurts, all my pain, all my faults, all my feel. I just give them all to you and I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you came and you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood. You were buried. But, Lord, I believe that you rose again, Jesus. And I believe that you are alive. I believe you have the power to save me. And so the best way I know how, I give you all of myself. And I ask you to help me. Help me follow you. Help me live for you. In the name of Jesus. Maybe this morning in your walk with Christ, you've, you've some of these things the Holy Spirit has brought to light. Maybe there's something that has happened years ago that, that has caused a, a series of events in your lives. In your life that has led to a life of comparison, a life of always coming up short, a life of fault, a life of failure. And, and you're starting to believe that that is your identity. Well, can I just tell you this morning, that is not your identity. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're willing to just give that up and allow Christ to continue to, in, to bring his identity and pour his identity over you, I just want to lead you in a, in a prayer, something like this. Father, I worship you. And I've given my life to you. But there's, there are things that have hindered my view of who you've called me to be. And Holy Spirit, as you bring those things to light, I release them to you. I release them to you right now in the name of Jesus. I give them up. I can't carry them no more. I don't want to carry them anymore. It's too much for me to bear. I'm tired of this scenario, this situation, this old relationship, whatever it is, dictating my identity because it's not who you've called me to be. So I release that now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that in this moment you give me the strength to not return. You give me the strength to not pick that up. You give me the strength to not, not listen and not believe the lies of the enemy when, he's gonna, when he comes in and tells me that I'm not changed and that, that who, that's who I'll always be. No, I'm going to be a child of the living God. 
I'm going to be who Christ called me to be. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for being here with us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, we want to help. You can find info about groups, teams, and other things happening at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. Have a great week.